any more of that out of you. Uh, it's 2020. Very exciting, yeah, uh, I, got, I guess. I got my first cup of coffee. Yeah. 2020. I'm, I'm starting 2020 off with a hang a hangover. As wow, usual. way to go. Starting yeah. off right. Yeah. I got a bunch of house stuff I got to do, which I'm like, I'm kind of like, can I just sit around and not yeah, do it's supposed, anything? It's supposed to be your day off. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I assume you're not hungover. No, I'm all right. I had a little bit to drink last night, but I'm good. Yeah. We played, uh, we played some quacks at Harsh's. It was a good time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Game's so good. Yeah. But what's up? We, How was your New Year's? What'd you do? It was good. We played, uh, we didn't play much. We played some Smash, some Mario Kart, uh, played another board game, Mysterium. We can talk about that later. It's it's like a clue. It's kind of like Clue. How did Smash um, go? I feel like we've been weirdly playing that a lot lately. Yeah, I know. Well, I, that's what I, like, when I was going over, I was like, oh man, does anybody want to play Smash? Like, because I know, I know Mike who was on the Death Stranding episode, that's where I was at. Um, you know, he's decent at it. But um, it yeah. it only lasted a few rounds because he and I were just destroying people. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, so then we switched to Mario Kart, which, of course, I dominated. And, yeah, I, uh, I could see, that was, like... Smash, that was it for video games. <laughs> Smash only works if you're... Uh, if everyone's, like, equal level. Yeah, I mean, we had the items on and all that stuff, you know, to like, to like make throw it better. in a random factor and, and whatnot, but yeah. 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 Smash is good, though. Smash I'm kinda is glad good. We, I'm glad we revisited it. Yeah. It still yeah. holds up. It's its 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 own thing. It sure is, yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's 2020, and uh, we did not do our Game of the Year stuff yet. And uh, that's what this episode is going to be. This is the Whiff Punish game. Games cast. What a great start! Wow, 2020 off to 2020 off. Yeah, uh, I'm Nick, joined by AJ, and we're going to talk about our uh, 2019 favorite games. Which I I was thinking about, and I don't know if you realize this, putting a list together, but it's basically going to be a lot of our episodes. Yeah, because that's all we played. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I played, I played a lot of stuff, but just like our, our like one episode a month kind of schedule, like really can only talk about a few things each time, and so it's sort of gonna be a rehash of that, but that's fine. I think that's okay. Um, I don't know how you want to start. I, I, do you want to just like go back and forth? No, I, I think we should just go. Or? I think we should just go go down one person's list, and then we can say something about any game that's on both our lists. Oh, okay. You don't want to go like ten and ten and nine and nine. Nah, not really. Unless you want <laughs> to. Nah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, so some of these, like, I don't really need to say much about. Yeah. I guess I would just say like why they're here. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'll start. If you want, if you want, sure. I'm. I would expect to find this number ten game that I have on your list, but uh, number ten, Super Mario Maker Two. Ooh, that's, it that's is it. not on my top. Not 10, on actually. your top ten list. Holy smokes! I told you it was really hard to put mine together. That that was a runner up for sure. Um, that game's so good. Yeah, uh, it really is. I just didn't. I didn't stick with it as much as I thought I would. Like I, I churned out three levels. 
I was in the middle of making another, and then I just completely dropped the game. So I kind of, I kind of am that way too. Although I did play the whole like, I played all the levels that they had in the game, which I enjoyed. I didn't finish that either. Uh, so both both of those things uh, being accounted for, I don't. I I kind of put it down and didn't come back to it too. Yeah. But it's one of those games that I could see myself picking back up again at any point. So, totally. Yeah. So I had to like include it on here because. Yeah. You know, I think. Yeah, was, I'd like to it, it, get it was, back to it. It was really cool. Like when that came out, I didn't have any interest in that game at all. Yeah. And at some point, it was actually when I started playing New Super Mario Brothers. Wii U Deluxe. What? What is yeah, it? Yeah, whatever the hell it's called. It's, I think it's New Super Mario Brothers U. Deluxe is deluxe in the name. It might be a deluxe I don't know. is in the name because I think that donate or uh, that determines the switch or the switch version is like deluxe. Yeah, yeah that anyways, would make sense. Doesn't matter. Confusing, <laughs> confusing conversation. Um, it shouldn't be, but it is. So I started playing that a lot, and I just got in Mario mode and uh, the like classic yeah. level stuff that were all involved in Super Mario Maker Two, like scratched more of that itch. And then playing that, I. I started to look at games in a in a new way because you start making levels and you start thinking of like, you know, yeah, we had conversations about, you know, what should my level be? Should it be fun? Should it be challenging? Should I help the player do this and that or try to accomplish yeah. this and that goal? And like that whole process of trying to communicate, you know, what what you want in the level to a person that's playing it was like an extra layer of depth to that game. Yeah. That, that I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Like that, I really appreciated spending time with it and figuring stuff out like that, and talking about it with you and and another friend and uh, multiple friends actually. But I the thing um the thing I really want to do I want to revisit it now. How many months later, just to see what people have made at this point? Yeah, it's what you put the random playlist. You probably get a, a ton of goofiness. Yeah, there's probably like uh, the people. Not to shit on anybody, but the people that made like kind of boring levels or whatever levels probably got weeded out and aren't making stuff anymore, so it probably wouldn't come up too much. And um, yeah, the people that are dedicated to it, there's probably some really good stuff. There already was really good stuff, so they they also updated it. Like, did yeah. you see any of that? They added they added a way to play as Link. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can you can be um. You can be link, like the 2D link from uh like the side scrolling one I think from Zelda 2. Uh which is weird. So they they added a couple things that I wanted to check out um maybe like a month ago. So that's fun. Great yeah. game. Number 10. Mario Maker's list. good. Yeah. Yeah. Number 9, uh I have a game that didn't come out in 2019, but I think it's prompt because nice. there is a release coming for it in 2020, the sequel to this game. Uh, the game is Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah. Uh, I played it on Games Pass. Uh, just a traditional 2D Metroidvania platformer thing. Adventure game. Uh, great Fantastic art style. Fantastic game. Yeah. It just was like a nice surprise hit of the year. It hit right at the right spot. And I devoured it. Played it real fast. And I'm real hyped yeah. for uh, the sequel to it, which is Ori in the Willow of the Wisp, right? Yeah. And it's... I think Should- it's... March should be or early twenty should be early twenty twenty yeah. Uh, shout out to Game Pass though, like yeah. What what a thing what a thing for twenty nineteen in general actually. 
Um, yeah, it's good. I didn't use mine a ton, but it's always nice to just be able to. I signed up for it at the end of 2019. I still technically have my like really cheap trial period right now, which has been really cool because I just get to test a bunch of stuff, and that's exactly what I plan to do with it. And I so... since I since I can play stuff on PC and Xbox. There's like two totally different libraries, so like I have access to a lot of things, and it's it's a neat thing for do you, sure. Do you see yourself paying for a subscription past your trial cheap no. version? No, <laughs> so there's it's not no, that neat. <laughs> no, well, it's it's nothing against it. It's like uh, you just don't need it right now. It's, it's, I I don't need it. Yeah, right? I don't I don't it's need. It's just the, a nice luxury to be able to to scroll through there and be like, oh yeah, I could ch- I could check yeah. that out for ten minutes, and it doesn't. Yeah, I don't pocket. need the. I don't need the additional monthly cost because within that cost is a gold subscription. We don't play anything on Xbox. I don't play anything on Xbox. And anything that you and I would play, I could play on PC for free with crossplay. So I don't need I don't I just don't need to pay for it. And um I I I've had Game Pass I think for like 2 months now and I'm already like when I go through the list, I'm like, okay, I don't really care about anything else. I tried a couple things. That's what I wanted to get out of it and it ended up selling me on another game that I bought on Steam. <laughs> so it, th- that was good, at least. I'm glad I got to do that. Um, but yeah. I think Ori's it's cool. good, though. Ori is good. <laughs> uh, number eight. I saw this on a lot of year-end lists. Um, I think it's super exciting. Uh, number eight for me is Resident Evil 2, the remake they did this year. Yeah. No, no I would. Is it on your list? It is on my list. Wow, it is. I can't mm-hmm. believe, like, okay, wow, it's surprising. Where, where does that fall on your list? That is number 10 on my list. Number 10, what's up? Resident yeah. Evil 2. So it's it's higher than I would think on everybody's list, because I didn't think. Really? Well, I, I know you liked it. I, I, like, one of those survival horror games has to make it into my year every year. Not into my list, necessarily, but I just, like, really like those games. Yeah. And I like to, like... It's just nice to play one, and uh, Resident Evil Two was was sweet, man. They they uh, made the game feel classic and modern all at once. And, yeah, uh, I I'm just stunned at how much I liked that game, um, and and also was very happy to find that it really was more like Resident Evil Four. I mean, it really felt like modern third person resident evil to me like the like the survival horror stuff honestly wasn't a big deal like i wasn't really too concerned about ammo much in that game um i felt like it was i and i played it on normal i didn't play it on easy like i thought i might so i i was never like totally wanting for things um the map was amazing that that's one of the best maps in games i think uh so it just made it like really easy to play the game as opposed to like the classic versions of those games that are just a nightmare, not little, in terms of horror, but in terms of gameplay. <laughs> yeah, like a little tedious with the how they function kind of. Yeah. yeah, tedious for sure. And like running around blindly like the 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 old style of those games is so much more like an adventure game in terms of like, OK, I have this thing. Where the hell do I use it? And then in the remake of re2 it's like oh i have this thing here's this little spot on the map where i saw it's where it was supposed to be used at some point that's what i that's what i think it's it's so smart at at some point in the resident evil series they went from that adventure style 
like crawling pace to yeah. action games. And that was, I mean, it was Resident Evil 4 where that happened. And post Resident Evil 4, we kind of got more and more ridiculous action and less puzzle solving at all, even. Yeah. So what this game does that's really cool is it, it takes what the franchise learned from those action games, like the tightness of of controlling and how to frame the action, and they put it back into one of their old survival horror games. And the game feels... It feels like an action game, but it plays like a a survival horror game. And I mean that when there's not like a ton of enemies coming at you all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like doing slow zombies that get up every couple of times that you pass them and boarding up yeah. windows and, and doing all those things. Those are just like survival horror things, not action game things. And so I think they just kind of proved that, you know, we can still do this tight, like action feel experience, but put it into our survival horror. And, you know, that game was genuinely creepy. It was, yeah. it was, you know, it was a scary, it's scary again, which is, is what's cool about it. It's not ridiculous, uh, ridiculous action. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it didn't, um, I, the, the, the problem with horror games in general is if it becomes, if it becomes more frustrating than scary, and I don't, I don't think to the remake ever really became frustrating. Like if you died because of some random thing that scared you, the way that game works, it's kind of, it's kind of random in the first place. Like the enemies move around the map, they're persistent on the map, so like things can happen differently next time you load up your your game, which is insane. Like that is insane. the The fact that that whole area is like modeled and running even if you're time. not yeah even if you're not in a part of it like yeah it was, it was one that of is so that, cool it's one of the things that i made it feel like a classic uh game again is because you just had a small area that you had to run you know you basically the whole game takes place on this one area and you like learn yeah kind of where things are and you know in the old days we had a small area like that because our systems were limited. You know, they couldn't I mean? run it. Yeah. yeah, like legitimately, games had to be smaller, so that's why they were. But yeah, you know, this takes that and and since we have all the like living environment stuff, you know, it can still feel fresh, and so it yeah. it's cool. It's it that game's really good, and if you haven't played it, I bet it's cheap. It yeah, it's super good. I'm I'm thrilled that they're doing three this way because. Again, I would never go back and play the original versions of those, and I think 3's general thing with Nemesis chasing you all the time is really interesting. They did that with 2 with Mr. X. Mr. X is so sweet in, in 2. It's it's just so cool. That game's super, super good. The Resident Evil franchise has been doing really cool things. Re- Resident Evil 7 was, re- like, first person was really cool, too, and... I- yeah. For them to go back and just reboot their games, it's like something that's like so it's easy kind of, but yeah. it's also awesome like it's I don't know, it's good. It's that... not it's not a lazy thing no, either. No. Like I mean they they definitely went way back and like redid the entire thing. Like it's totally different than the original one where where the first time they did a remake of of RE1 on GameCube it was the same game. It just looked really nice. Uh, the the fact that they went all the way back to like we're starting from scratch and making a brand new experience like 
shout out to Capcom. Like that is so cool. I I would I would be down for more remakes like that. Not just like high res better visual updates. Yeah, across other genres and games even, I I would yeah. say. Yeah. They just they proved how to do the remake kind of like that's it's just a good I mean, it's the new it's a new bar of the of the term remake for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I am curious to see where they go forward. I wonder if we're building towards four. Think we ever get a four remake? Or like the one that holds up. I hope they don't remake four. I don't think they need to. I, yeah. I would I would much rather they maybe make a new one or like whatever. I, I don't know. I, I don't I think four is maybe the cutoff. They they don't need to do that one. What if like they do this three? It's you know I don't know how close to us it is, but I would imagine a couple years, and then we maybe we get like a sequel to eight for for after that, and then so it'll be probably four or five years, and then in four or five years, would you be ready for a Resident Evil four? Well, so three comes out in this year actually. Does it? <laughs> yeah, which is insane. So that they were probably working on them at the same time. Yeah, and then I wouldn't be surprised if eight is like next year because I'm sure they're working on a sequel to seven because seven clearly left off with some, like it, it has room to expand even though they don't really need to do that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to something like, I know nothing about this one, but I know fans like it code Veronica. Yeah. Or zero I could, or anything like that. I could see them remaking one of those All random those. ones. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's still exciting. Yeah, I mean, I'll play them. I mean, I I was like a little not interested in two, and like now that I played it and saw how it works and how well it was done, I'm way more invested in the series now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's probably only some of them that you haven't played at this point. Being able to. Uh... Three, three is the only one I ha- three Code Veronica and zero I've never touched at all. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. So we're at number seven. Uh, my number seven, I would imagine, is on your list a little higher, but uh, Death Stranding. Oh yeah, way higher. Way, way higher. higher. You ha- yep. You don't have it as game of the year, do you? It's not my game of the year. No. Okay. Good. The suspense is still is still uh Yeah. It's still there. Yeah. So, uh wh- do you want to talk about Death Stranding or do you want to get we can talk about it when you No, you didn't finish it, right? No. So, uh, that's my thing. I uh I would imagine this could be higher on my list had I been able to finish the game this year. I'm, I'm probably like 35, 40 hours in. And yeah. I, I would say I'm probably two-thirds. I don't know how much story, but it seems like just from gauging conversation and how long it took different people and where I'm at, yeah. I would say probably like two-thirds of the way through. So what a game. Yeah, I totally love that game. I mean, we um we did a whole episode. Our last episode was all about it. So, I mean, we don't need to cover too much again, but I finished it. I, you know, thought it was probably going to be disappointing story-wise, but I sort of loved it. Uh, I I think it's silly, kind of, but also it's it's just cool. I, I like what they did with that story. I think it's totally okay. There's been a lot of snark around that game, and I think it's really unwarranted it's only because it's kojima and i i was just really i was really surprised at how much i liked how it wrapped up um some of the some of the stuff in terms of like gameplay and kojima not respecting your time towards the end is a little frustrating um but i felt that way about metal gear 5 too 
Yeah, I mean, like, that's not really anything new. It's just a little bit of a bummer that he kind of, they, the studio, still feels that they need to operate that way at the end of their games. It's it's so weird, and I, I don't get it, but whatever. Like, that's a minor thing. I was definitely sitting there, like, totally invested in what was happening, even though it took a long time yeah, for yeah. that to <laughs> wrap up. So, um, yeah, I love that game. I, th- I think it's so... So unique. Uh, the gameplay was always fun. Even even like the boss battles, like they're kind of wonky feeling, but they have cool. always they have always cool been wonky feeling. Yeah, cool like me- Metal Gear bosses were always weird. It didn't feel great. Shooting like frantic play in those games never felt good. So I I mean it still to me is like a Metal Gear experience, and yeah, that game's. It is uh it is number three on my list. Nice. That's that's high praise. Yeah. Uh yeah. I think it's exciting that Kojima is still alive and kicking in the video game industry. Uh we'll get more games from him and they will all be fun and unique and that's that's promising as we look towards a new I gen. Hope, I generation. hope we get more games and Things not like a that. movie. <laughs> uh, we will. We'll get more games. Yeah, I would really be really curious. I'm not mad at the movie thing either to see how how that works out. So, well, the only reason, the only thing I don't want that, the only reason I don't want that is because Death Stranding is so interesting because of its gameplay, oh, yeah. specifically because of its gameplay. So, like, if if they don't do something again, that's like a game, we're we're losing that aspect of the Kojima thing, and that would be a shame. It so. would. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's Death Stranding, super good. Uh, definitely worth checking out, at least for a little bit, just to see what it, it is. Do you think it ever becomes a PS Plus game? Uh, yeah, I actually bet it will. How long? Uh, Probably a year. I mean, it comes out on PC this year. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would say a little bit still it's it's not going to happen soon no but if you're if you're really cheap and you want to wait i bet you could yeah you probably could yeah Uh, okay so number six in the interest of keeping things rolling here how we doing pretty good we're good number six i have uh fire emblem three houses another game that i am probably two-thirds of the way through and yeah need to finish finish at the end of the year but uh you guys sensing a pattern here (laughs) might be higher again if i had finished it uh, we have a lengthy episode about this, so I won't go into too much detail. But <laughs> we've talked about that a lot in like two episodes. <laughs> it was the it was the year of the strategy game for me, big time. Yeah. So uh, this game had all the strategy, it had all the conversation, and um, I will be tuned into the Fire Emblem franchise from here on out. It's another one, like you said, with Resident Evil, where yeah. you, you weren't a fan prior, but after playing this, you're you're looking forward to. Uh, to more games in the future, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm fi- imagine this is on your list too. Number two, number two, yeah. So yeah, banging them out here. Yeah, I loved, loved this game, and I had I had some minor problem. Well, not minor, major problems difficulty wise in the last like two battles. Um, I think it was bullshit. Actually, I think it was like almost unwinnable. So I I bumped it down to normal. You have, just so uh, I could finish the game. You have other friends that played this, don't you? Yeah. 
Did they say anything about the difficulty at the end? I they have not finished it on hard. Okay, so no one did that. We were the, the only, only ones that played hard. Uh I know Mike that was on last episode. He is currently playing it on hard. However, he has not beaten it yet. And the thing that is so cool about this game and why I loved it so much is the variation is like crazy. I mean, the fact that you can play three different houses and each of those houses has different uh, students that you spend more time with, and then they you make different decisions with them. Yeah, this the game ins- is ridiculously and the big. entire the ridiculously entire <laughs> fleshed out. The entire overarching story, I think, has like four paths, and like the 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 game that I had, the story that I had, I believe is like the hardest one. Okay, that just makes based sense. on just based on what happens and what I had to do and the last battles, they were like fucked up in terms of difficulty and so like i don't know anybody that took that path yeah like everybody i know playing this game did something different than me and so i don't know if it's gonna be as hard like i my specific thing was really hard um but it, it's fine i turned it down to normal just because i wanted to beat it i was more invested in the story anyway not really the gameplay and um the story totally delivered totally paid off absolutely cried at the end it was so so good all, awesome. all the all That's the wrap exciting. up all the wrap up stuff was like just perfect like it was everything i wanted and i i adore that game if i had more time i would totally play it again but how often I just do video can't. games deliver that final nail in the coffin where you're just like oh man what they don't it's like yeah. where you, it's like where the when they start playing the credits and you sort of like stand up and just start clapping like yeah this is so good yeah yeah it like really i always do that when i beat games i really like i'll send like a snapchat to my friends i don't you i don't know if you've gotten one of these for me ever or not i don't but, know uh, actually it's like it'll be like credits rolling and i'll just do the applause emojis <laughs> i feel like i've done that to so many people and like that's it's just that feeling of when you know you get the game closes and you're just like man that was so freaking good i loved it yeah like yeah I, it it really is and like i i wanted more like i wanted the game to keep going and that's always a good sign that's what always. i mean like i like i could and it's totally not a short game either that's it no that's a, it's that's not saying a lot yeah no it's not and i absolutely would like to do another playthrough i just for There's the just sake a lot of, of cool time. games to play. Yeah, I'd rather play other is. games. Yeah. 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 Fire Emblem completely. Super good. Super good. These are all our thumbs up games for all, all through the year. So you're yeah. not hearing anything new from us. It's just. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but praise. All right. So I, I, that was my that was my five. You give five now because I, I don't want to creep to into your. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start hitting your top ones and. I'll let you do right. your, your your top five. Yeah, I got some changes from you, and the yeah, I, I think yeah. that's that's a good split. Uh, so ten was RE two. Uh, number nine is Observation. Um, wow. Okay, that's interesting. Observation. Observation is so so cool. I don't know that I talked about it on an episode. I don't think we really had time. I can't remember. I think you. Josh, Josh talked, talked about, about it. it, and then there's probably like a, a follow up episode where you're like, "Oh, I played this; it was good," but you didn't really say what you too much. Yeah, I uh, I really like that game. It is uh, for weirdly now that I'm thinking about it, I played a couple adventure games this year, which I never really liked the genre at all. And observation, the fact that you play as a space station AI, you are not a person; you are a computer, and 
it's like this this whole total perspective shift as a player is super interesting and the way that they do it is like really well done because it tells this story of you just helping along this woman who just wakes up on the space station classic sci-fi what the hell happened something bad happened nobody's around and normally you'd be playing that from a human's perspective and trying to figure out what's going on but you're the ai and you're just zipping around the space station you're stuck to cameras you can only look in like uh set locations um or perspectives like and then you kind of get some free range with like a drone you can fly around a little bit but it's like it's like this really unique way of a storytelling and they did it really well uh like the the it's a it's an adventure game so there's like puzzles and stuff but the puzzles are always totally unique they're they're really appropriate for like what you would be doing as an AI like you're hacking into your own computer like your own code and like trying to solve problems with your own code because like you're corrupted a little bit because of some event that you don't understand what happened and you're only learning this through this other like as a third party to this other person's experience and and it's just it's just super cool the setting is really interesting it was like really smart it's set around um Saturn so and and it's based on a real thing um Saturn has this really strange storm on it that is in the shape of a hexagon and it's just always there and it's just this weird it's this this weird natural phenomena of a hexagon shaped storm that is always on the surface and viewable from space that's pretty crazy and like the whole actual, game actual facts here the whole game is based around that and it's so so cool like whenever that game wrapped up and like as it was like starting to reveal some things i was just like i can't believe what i'm seeing i cannot believe they did this it's so smart absolutely worth playing i don't think it's well I, I was going to say, I don't think it's very frustrating because adventure games can be frustrating. There's definitely a couple times where I had no fucking clue what to do. Yeah. And um, I got lucky and found one thing that I thought I was going to have to look up. I just got lucky. So there is some minor issues there, like pathing and like kind of telling you where to go and what That's to like do. That's like a common problem with adventure games, really. Yeah. But, but otherwise, like, if you d- super if you- cool. If you have to look it up, it takes away like a lot of the fun, but also you don't want to sit there and walk around in the same areas for seven years and it just gets yeah. frustrating to do. And and luckily, because of what this game is doing, you being the AI and just zipping around, like jumping from camera to camera to camera, you can cover ground really fast. Yeah. So you're not you're not like I'll, I'll talk about it later with Disco Elysium. You're not you're not running back and forth a bunch just Spoiler. wasting time. Yeah. You're not running back and forth wasting time. You're just jumping around to cameras trying to find like tiny little tidbits of information to push you along further. And I don't know. I, I was surprised at how much I really like that game. It it has some really like striking imagery too, like really unsettling stuff that it's it's just cool. It's a cool sci-fi story. And I think that might have been I can't remember the developer's name, but I think it's their first game and they like really hit it out of the park. I think it's on Games Pass. Uh, it might be. It's a, it's on PlayStation and PC. I know for sure. I don't know. I don't know if it's on Xbox, but it might be. Either way, observation totally worth playing. Cool. Um, 
Number eight is uh, Slay the Spire. Um, wow. Okay. Sl- Slay the Spire officially launched this year. Uh, it's it was in early access for like a year and a half or so. Um, I waited until it launched. It's on uh, it's on everything now. Also Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Um, but I got it on Switch because I wanted the portability of it. And uh, I think I talked already about this game on an episode, but man, I love love Slay the Spire. I think it is so smart. Uh, it's so it's really fast playing. It has a ton of replayability, and it that's it has to because it's a it's a rogue game. Um, but that replayability is like really interesting with all the different decks. You, there's only three characters you can use, and that seems extremely limited. But you can build their decks so differently throughout a run that so far it hasn't got old for me at all. I want to keep playing it. I haven't beat it, so I still have that desire to like get far enough and beat it. Um, I think the artwork's amazing. As a deck builder, it's incredible. It's so smart. Again, it's really fast. Slay the Spire is like unbelievably good as as a card game. Um, yeah, highly highly recommend. <laughs> highly cool. recommend. What's it? What's it cost? Uh, twenty dollars maybe. Twenty bucks. Yeah, it's not it's not a huge investment at all. Um, number seven, Remnant from the Ashes. Wow, here's a game that I bought to play with you guys and probably played for five hours maybe and then yeah your work your work schedule got in the way a little bit and we couldn't we couldn't wait for you um josh and i love love this game uh and it's surprising because it came out of nowhere uh i would say initial glance at it it looks like a c tier game (laughs) like you should never spend any of your time with it at all and uh that's kind of I mean, mean that's kind of mean to say but it just it's, doesn't it's it just true looks, it looks generic a little bit yeah it looks it looks really generic but um if you if you give it a little bit, bit of time and really dig into it wow is that a surprising thing it is so unique again uh it's a shooter third person shooter dark souls game that like were it just worked like it the initial premise sounds like it would be terrible but the fact that you are doing like really really competent third person shooting it's probably some of the best feeling third person shooting i've experienced which um this year was a year that i realized i don't really love third person shooting actually so there's one super big highlight for the game that they really nailed it it's really snappy it's really fast it's really frantic but it feels really good the guns feel really good uh the knock like you get like knockback on enemies and like bullets actually look like they're affecting them you can knock them down you can stagger them there's all this like depth Resp- to the responsiveness. gunplay yeah like and and then all the guns can be modified totally different ways based on boss souls that you get and you can swap those in and out on the fly there's like no total commitment to things fantastic game just totally fantastic game. The w- the way that the map is like randomly generated, but not super random. There's a ton of replayability because you might get a boss in your game that you wouldn't is, get in a friend's game, so you can play there, it co-op. Is there enough replayability to that game that you would be interested in playing with me? Yeah, I'd still play it with you. I think Josh would too. Yeah, it's one of those things that I have. Like, I I I probably will finish it, but you know, just too much stuff. My work schedule came and. 
Yeah. Some other stuff came to the at the end of the year that I definitely wanted to play. So it's sitting there and I'd play I'd play more of it. I still have it installed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so do I. And and I'd like to mess around with other stuff. Uh you can easily respec, which is amazing. Um the the abilities Oh my god, the game is so cool. Like the the depth of it just continues and continues and continues the whole game. So like you don't you don't hit a point in that game where you have everything you want or or you feel like your character is done all the way up until the end. You are swapping out abilities, messing with your loadout, trying different things because it just throws all these different challenges at you that you have to adapt to. And my one problem with that game is the final boss is awful. <laughs> it is so bad. Like it it's spoiler it's unique. It's unique, and like I'm glad they did what they did because it actually feels like a Destiny raid, kind of like it's like a puzzle that you have to figure out to beat yeah. the boss. But in co-op, there's there's a very it you, it walks a really fine line between you ever actually beating it or just banging your head against it literally endlessly. There there's a stream of Josh and I. I it might not even be on my channel anymore because it was so long ago. Josh and I banged our head against this last boss probably for like three hours. Yeah. And and we didn't we we knew what we needed to do. We just couldn't make it happen. And I I'm assuming by now they fixed that because it was a common problem. If you played the boss solo, it apparently was really easy. But co-op with how it adjusted like health and stuff totally made it broken and it was so frustrating. <laughs> but we finally did it. It was great. Totally love that game. Highly, highly recommend it. It is also on Game Pass, so there's no reason not to try it if you have an Xbox. Um, cool. Remnant from the Ashes. What a random title. Worst, horrible worst, title. Worst name, though. Generic generic look, generic title. They got so many things working against it, but luckily I believe it was like a really, really successful game for them, and, and that's awesome. So, um, Number six, another one. That we I haven't got to talk about it all yet. Outer Wilds. Wow. Okay, this is I, I say wow after every pick you you, you give us. But it's <laughs> You're not expecting funny. it. It's lame, yeah. <laughs> um well I, I haven't heard this list from you before, so I am not expecting it. But yeah. Outer Wilds is cool. A, a lot of uh, a lot of random not I won't say random, but a, a lot of surprising people had this pretty high on their lists, I feel like, too, this year. Yeah, I think I would... It I made would big say, impressions, I would say, on a lot I of I would people. say Outer Wilds is, like, the indie darling of 2019, yeah, for sure. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, incredible game. Just, in an, just an incredible game. Another adventure game, too. It, it is an adventure game, and it's, like, a different adventure game. The, the, what makes it so smart is you are not managing an inventory at all. You don't have to worry about any of that shit. You don't have to worry about picking up the bottle and placing it under the fountain and carrying it to Joe three screens over at this specific time of day. You're doing nothing. You're doing nothing like that. The whole game is based on information. And the information that you gain over the course of a 22-minute time loop and then applying that information until you eventually stop the time loop. And oh my god, is that a cool game. Like, visually amazing uh, for what it is. Like, visually so cool. How the mechanics of it work with the time loop stuff. This little solar system is, is just this active, living thing that does so much in a span of 
22 minutes. It's unbelievable. Like, the amount of detail in this game is staggering with, uh, with how the planets interact with each other, how the solar system works, where you're supposed to be when, how much that changes things. It's insane. Like, truly insane. And I absolutely adored it. Another game that made me cry. Like, another, like, just amazing way of telling a story that is, like, so out of the ordinary. Like, you're reading a lot of text, but because you're getting it in, like, little bits and pieces over the course of... It took me a while. It probably took me, like, 20 hours to beat because I sucked at it. Um, you're, you're just getting all these little bits and pieces constantly. So, like, you're building this relationship with characters that aren't even in the game. And then the way it culminates and the way it ends is just, like, beautiful and incredible and just, like, so smart and so different. And it's just crazy. It's a crazy game. It, I can't believe a small team of people made this game. Like, it's more impressive than some AAA stuff. Like, just making this little solar system work how it does constantly was surprising. Constantly. Um, I had, again, minor gripes with it because the the gameplay is a little wonky. Like, you are flying a ship around a little solar system, and it's completely physics-based and modeled with gravity, um, momentum, acceleration, all this stuff. So you could be flying your ship a little bit too fast and you might crash into the planet and immediately die. <laughs> or you might slingshot, slingshot yourself directly into the sun on accident and you can't do anything about it. So there, there were a few times where like I would just completely waste a run and then you have to, you know, you have to wait to either die or you have to like run all the way back to this one thing or because you just missed the landing you just missed this very specific timing window so then you gotta wait again so there there is some problems there and the game really doesn't tell you anything it tells you nothing you could easily miss the tutorial for that game <laughs> like very easily but um that is all so minor compared to the overall thing it is it's a it's an incredible experience and it's uh it's Again, on Game Pass. So wow. definitely... S sensing a, a, a pattern here. Definitely worth trying. I signed up for Game Pass for this game. Um, it, I, I was going to buy it on PC. I feel a little bit bad not buying it because I think this developer are, has earned every penny f for that game's price. It's on, it's on PC for like $25, I think. But if you have an Xbox, it's on Game Pass. The hype is real. It is on a lot of lists for a reason. It is super, super good and super unique. So, Outer Wilds, not to be confused with Outer Worlds. No. Which I do Out all the time. Outer Worlds, very kind of mediocre game. Outer Wilds, incredible game. Cool. Yeah. Outer Wilds. Okay, that's so that was your number five? That was number six. That was six. So you're on to five. Yeah. I Did think we my do... five is your okay. game of the year. Oh, really? I think so. Okay. So do we want to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So number five for me, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And yeah. Is that your game of the year? That is definitely my game of the year. All right. Yeah. Definitely. From Software comes through again to deliver the classic for Nick. Yep. Nick, since this is your game of the year, tell us what you loved about it. We've had a whole Sekiro episode, so we don't need to rehash what the game is. 
But what right. did you think that was really cool about this and why did it deserve game of the year for you? It is absurdly impressive that after five games, five yeah, five games in this style from software finally finally narrowed it down to like, okay, we're gonna focus on this thing and that is parrying. We're gonna focus on parrying and you have to parry, and the whole game is based on parrying. You can't play it any other way. If you don't learn to do this, you are not going to like this game, and I love that. I love that. I love that they force you to do this one thing as yeah, so well as you can. That's really and, interesting Like coming from them. From Software, as a developer, I think typically makes games that are really challenging, but the fun of the challenge is that you can tackle that challenge in different ways. Yeah, and kind of and, break the game. Well, yeah, break the game, but it doesn't always feel like breaking the game. Like, you know, using items or using different yeah. things to find weakness. Like, it's just a thing where you can go into a fight, and if you're repeatedly butting your head against a boss or whatever, you can try different weapons. There's just, like, a, a lot of yeah of ways to accomplish tasks in their previous games. Yeah. Whereas this game kind of instead of giving you a variety of ways to do things it kind of like wants you to do things one specific way yeah which is super interesting because they can design around that now which means that they can deliver certain like encounters like boss fights that are in in ways better than what they had uh, given in their last games because they don't have to totally. desi- design against open open mechanics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like now my, my gripe with Sekiro has always been, I want all those options. That is my preferred way of playing from software games. Yeah. But because they did this, yes, they were able to craft this very specific experience and a lot of the bosses are much more standout than the entire Souls series. Yeah, because it's kind of sweet because beca- of that. Yeah, because those fights are so specific and they're so memorable. And they're designed around this one way of the player, mostly one way of the player interacting with it. So, yeah, like I could, I could probably list off every single boss in Sekiro and tell you how I beat it and how it, and, and how the course of the fight worked and whatever. I've played the Souls games to death, and most of them are going to be, I just dodged around and wailed on it (laughs) with, like, my strongest attack over and over and over. Where Sekiro is, oh man, okay, at this stage, he's going to do this sequence of attacks, and I have to parry it at this exact time, and if I do it at this exact time, I can build up a stun meter without ever taking a hit, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, like, it is so rewarding, like, once you figure out how to really really fuck up one of the bosses in that game like the final boss you could theoretically do without ever getting touched and like doing that in a souls game is so difficult because of all the open-endedness and how their attacks work and how your character is built and yeah, what items like, you have equipped and it all this feels stuff like there's some rng there's not really in souls games but like there's some stuff that happens to you where you're like i couldn't have done anything about that and it, and it's based on how you built your character up to that point which maybe you've been playing away for that specific boss that just doesn't really work against that boss too well but in sekiro for example everybody's doing the same thing yeah yeah for example like using magic or going sword and shield or not using a shield and two-handing like yeah giving you a, a variety of options to 
to you know spec your character and yeah and attack whereas yeah whereas this game gives you options in your tools that you use with your like you get different magics and stuff but you are your core mechanic is parrying and yeah defense with the parry yeah so i don't know it's an interesting thing i think for me personally it, it led to more memorable boss fights but it also led to like more frustration because mm-hmm. there's a specific way that you have to learn to beat these enemies and you have to learn it. Yep. And if there's there's not ways that you can I don't want to say cheese it because there is ways that you just have to learn the exact execution that the yeah. game wants you to have for this boss. And yeah. however long it takes you to do that is however long it takes you to beat the boss. Yep. Whereas in other Souls games I felt like if I got stuck, there was like different things that I could try. To- I'm gonna go grind for souls, or yeah, I'm gonna yeah, there's like I'm gonna level options. up a different weapon, or whatever. So, in ways like other Souls games, or I don't know, it's hard, it's hard to get get into the easier, harder conversation. But like for me, that's why this probably wasn't higher on my list because like mm-hmm. the last two bosses specifically, I just smashed my head against the wall against them for hours and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And it, it kind of killed like the fun that I was having momentum wise through the end of the game. Like I, when I finally, finally beat those last two bosses, it was more like instead of a, a reward. Oh God, thing, I'm done. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, <laughs> man, finally. So that's that's my fault as a player. Like I, I don't want the game to be easier. I'm not I'm not advocating yeah. for that. It's just that uh, that that thing that that from software did to design this game around one mechanic. Is, is so interesting because it's it's completely opposite of what they've done with their other games. And and they need applauded for that. And Sekiro is strong because of that. And, yeah. Uh, I think that was the game of the year for uh, the Game Awards, too, was Sekiro. Uh, yeah, it was. What they gave. So that yeah. game is, is awesome. From Software continues to be the best developer in games. I yeah. can't wait for their next one to see what it is. Oh, my and, God. I'm uh, so excited. <laughs> And, I'm so excited for Elden you know, Ring. This has all the stuff that Soulsborne games have with the lore and the, yeah. and the you can the adventure that you can dig into and with with designing around one mechanic um the thing that hurts it I think is is you don't have a way to play through again and no. change the way that you play. So yeah. I think other Souls games offer this replayability that maybe Sekiro doesn't have, but that first playthrough is as rewarding as any first playthrough of any other Souls game. Would you? Yeah, agree totally. That? Yeah, totally. I, I, I've said it many times on air, off air. I talk about it with the guys that I. You stream don't have with this desire week. to go back to it right away. I, I really don't see myself playing it again. Other than we might race through it, like we race through the other Souls games, but. It'll be cool to like put down for five years and pick up, yeah, pick up and be like, be reminded of, wow, this game was sweet. Yeah, like I, 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 I can think of ways that I could play it slightly differently because of your prosthetic arm, but yeah, it, that is that is the biggest knock against it, and it's not big enough for me to not have it as my game of the year. But and I, don't I even really know that do that's miss like that a, open-ended stuff. I don't even know that's like a legitimate complaint. Like some games are just designed to be. It's not. No, it's not a legitimate like complaint. One, <laughs> one experience. You know what I mean? So yeah. No, some games are designed around replayability. Some games aren't. So yeah, it's totally not fair of me to feel that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. it just is how I feel because I adore the Souls games and have played them to death because of that. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sekiro, my number five. 
Number four, and you're probably going to be mad that I have this above Sekiro, but number four for me, another classic from Capcom, Devil May Cry 5. Oh, yeah. And I'm not necessarily advocating that this is a better game than Sekiro, but it's higher on my list because I just had more fun with it. Yeah. And uh, with Devil May Cry 5, you know, we talked about in our Devil May Cry episode, uh, Capcom kind of gave us a classic, classic nostalgic delivery with this game yeah and by that i mean it's just refreshing not to have an open world yeah with the skill tree with side quests that i gotta worry about yeah you know what i mean like it's just yeah. this, this is just an action game and you get these tight action sequences that are 45 minutes to an hour in one level and it's got a boss at the end of every couple levels yep and we got three characters that you can play from. All of them are super unique. All of them have like fighting game combos that you can do that are amazing. And yeah. we're just going to keep your score through every level and see how stylish you can be. And yeah. and it's just so fun as this a blistering action game. This just delivers like it's like when we talked about Mario and it's like the amount of fun that you have, the amount of smiles you have when you play through the game. Yeah. And and this is just one of those games that is delivering constant like fun and and satisfaction with every minute and second of its gameplay and on top of that it's so wacky and silly and looks incredible and like you know told this story that totally was good for a Ridiculous. devil may cry yeah, series yeah. and yeah like that game it looks, is it awesome looks awesome yeah yeah i uh i feel real bad because that is not in my top 10 it is on my like honorable mention list but um i i just like the gameplay of that game is so fun. It's so fun. And yeah. there's so many different ways to do it and with each character. Like, you you have all this crazy shit you're balancing with each character. Even V. Like, V is definitely the weakest. Uh, but the way that you can, like, swap between the two or the three, um, the three monsters and whatever still has its own unique variations Feel and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's a totally different way of approaching levels and all this stuff. And, um... Uh, I did something really fun, actually, when I was home for Christmas, because um, one of my best friends loves the Devil May Cry series, uh, Larry. He's been on 2v1 in the past. Um, the Bloody Palace that they added for 5, yeah. which I which I actually thought I would play more, but I didn't. It's, a, it's like a wave-based tower climb. Um, we were just playing that, swapping the controller off every level. That is an extremely fun way to play that mode. Yeah. Like, if you have a friend that likes the game, too, and you're just sitting on the couch together, and you just swap the controller back and forth, you're swapping ideas for, like, how to approach this next wave, what what weapon to use, what style to use, all this stuff. Like, what a cool game, and what a, like, unique experience Bloody Palace can be. It's basically a like a training room for your for like a fighting game training room yeah. in the game in the game just for yeah. you to like practice your your stylish combos. Yeah, it's it's a cool cool mode and I'm I'm glad they added it. I I feel bad I didn't play it more. Um I think you can do that online too. I think you uh, can go two player online and use that bloody palace mode. You might be actually I feel like I remember a co-op mode for that game somehow, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But that's a game I want to revisit. Like I'd actually like to replay the whole game, Heck yeah. Because like once you unlock, once you beat it once, you unlock a different, you unlock different difficulties that um, tweak the game. So like your second playthrough, 
because the game knows you've already done all this stuff, it starts throwing harder enemies at you immediately. Earlier, yeah. Yeah. Earlier so in the and game. so it like totally changes your playthrough and makes it more interesting instead of just retreading the same thing over and over. With which higher, is which is brilliant. Level. That's so smart. Um, and I think the series has always done that. I've just never replayed any of them on a higher difficulty, so I'm not sure. But yeah, DMC Five is fantastic for sure. And um, Capcom, thank you. You delivered again. That might be on Game Pass. <laughs> really? I think it. I think it is. I think it's on the console Game Pass. Yeah. 2019 game of the year. Half of them you can play on Game Pass. Yeah, I. It, it's true. It is a crazy service. All right. Um, so here's you. All right, number three for me. That's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, I had yeah. to get one fighting game on there. This is the fighting game I played the most this year. Uh, probably put between 75-ish hours, somewhere around 75-ish hours playing. Uh, it does have some, does have some things that I don't love. Uh. About yeah. playing online, some of the the gameplay mechanics with crushing blows and fatal blows, and specifically the damage that you get from them, uh, I would prefer them be a little toned down. It's just like the frustration level of playing sometimes outweighs the amount of fun that you have. Yeah. But in terms of like a a game with a a, a presentation, it, it looks fantastic. There's a ton of game modes that I never was a fan of prior to the game coming out, but I've engaged with them way more than I ever thought I would with like specifically their ladder stuff. Um, they still got guest characters coming out yeah. in 2020. And I'm really curious to see what they do with the sec, maybe getting a second season on this game and uh, making some gameplay adjustments. So if that happens, uh, I'm not going to put it down anytime soon. I still hope that, uh, you guys play that game more with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I MK was was in my top ten for a little bit. Um, I ultimately removed it only because I, I didn't play it that much. Yeah. So I I loved the time that I put into it. Um, I I really like the story was awesome. Yeah, um, I didn't, I didn't I, even say anything about that, but the, the cinematic story mode is pretty. It's so top, good. It's top notch, top quality for sure. It's like a, it's a movie basically. Yeah, it's so good, and uh, the I like the towers. I've always liked the towers. I think that's a cool thing in these games, and and modern MK has always made them interesting and make them making them more worth replaying because of the crypt stuff and whatever. Yeah, this game, this game more than any other fighting game gives you bang for your buck. Yeah, as someone as someone who doesn't necessarily want to play fighting games and like grind ranked mode or online against other people this game does better than any other other game like give you things to do yeah totally to, to play the game and not have to do that so yeah. nrs nether realm who makes mortal Kombat, has always been really good about delivering that kind of thing and, and they do that here like to a t yeah yeah all all of that stuff is super good and um i i really enjoyed my time with the game i just didn't have the desire to really learn it too much and keep going and play online and and because it's a fighting game and because we're into fighting games that ultimately is why I didn't put it in my top 10 because it it just didn't have staying power for me um yeah. so I I would play it more um 
I, I'm not against playing it more. I would like to see what they do if they do another round of characters. I mean, they kind of added a lot already, which, as far as so, I understand, so the they haven't they haven't done two seasons in any game, have they? No, the thing with Mortal Kombat 11 because they're like on a, re- a release schedule. Another realm does a game every two years. Yeah, they do. They swap between Injustice and Mortal Kombat. But they deliver a game every two years, and that tight of a release schedule means that their support for the game that they are currently on is usually in a tight window. Yeah. So they usually put the game out, they do the DLC characters for whatever, the first six months to a year, and then there's a year of that game kind of just playing, and then you get the next one. And so when they were putting Mortal Kombat 11 out, they said they wanted to support this one for longer. Right. Yeah, right. Which kind of fits the mold with the whole games as a service thing that's been going on, especially in the fighting game industry. And uh, they said they would support it for longer, so no one really knew what that meant. And so it still remains to be seen whether that means they're going to give it more than one season. Uh, It seems like the first season is way more drawn out than they would have had with previous releases. Yeah. So, whereas this game came out in March, they would have had all the DLC out by the end of the year. We're still waiting on two characters. I think January, we're supposed to get the Joker. Okay. The final, the final character will be Spawn. So, uh, the, that pro competition final, I think, is I think in February. Okay. And uh, I'm sure we'll know by then at least what the plans are. Yeah. Like, are we going to have another season, or is it going to be a final, like, ultimate edition that they release, or, you know, what what are they doing with that? So, yeah. That's exciting. Um, that game, in terms of competitively, something that we talk about here, like, watching fighting game tournaments online, uh, is is really fun to watch. They, they really nailed, like, the character variety and different variations with the characters, it, it makes for really interesting and really cool uh, matches uh, between the pros. So if you're interested in, in watching fighting games online, I would encourage you to uh, check out some of the MK11 stuff. Um, it's really cool. And yeah. that game, seeing that game in motion uh, with it looking so good and seeing people be able to push it to its limits is like, is really enjoyable. And so yeah. NK 11 was a fantastic game. Uh, yeah. Um, number three on my list. Number two, XCOM war to war of the chosen. Nice. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Is that surprising to you? Uh, yeah, actually. So yeah, it was, it was, I, like I said, it was the year of the strategy game for me. This game did not come out in 2019. No. I think the War of the Chosen, that might've been 2018, right? War of the Chosen was two years ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. So 2017 was the expansion for XCOM 2. XCOM yeah. 2, you can get at least on the, it's a, it was a PS plus free game. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's still on the PS plus thing. If you, if you've been getting them free games for, I don't know when it was, but uh yeah i played the war of the chosen campaign i guess which is basically just folded into the normal campaign from the original game and uh it was my first it kind of lit the fire for me for strategy games yeah and we have an episode where i kind of just gush all all over it you guys can go back and listen to that and i and i've done that already like with 2v1 and stuff i I don't need to bend your ear about how good this game is but yeah uh, if you haven't played it and you have any interest in strategy games, this thing is like peak 
peak strategy game. It, it is so cool with how how it works and the mechanics and yeah, what you build in this campaign against aliens and man, what a, what a good game! XCOM and, Two is so good that it's a lot better than a lot of games that came out <laughs> over the course it. of three years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that game is so, so good. Yeah. Yeah, so without saying too much about it, you know, just just play it. If, I've if played any interest in I've played a significant amount of XCOM two every year since it came out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. So Yeah. I know I what your game of the year much. is. What's my game of the year? Monster Hunter. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be. We had a conversation before that I wasn't going to put this in my game of the year because it's like not technically a new game. It's an expansion. It's a new game. They delivered, they delivered enough content and an insane uh, amount of content. Yeah. And I put so many hours into it. It's just, it's out of control. How how much I played. I couldn't not give the nod to monster hunter iceborne. Yeah. Uh, monster hunter is, you know, I've gushed about this at length too. It's my, it's my new favorite franchise. Yeah. And, and this game definitely, uh, just just was everything I wanted out of an expansion for the game. It just forced me to engage with the game more. I played more weapons. Yeah. I used more items. I used more crafting. I used more of the automated systems in the game. I fought more monsters. It's just everything that you would want in an expansion that continues to deliver. There's still content coming out for it. Yeah. I'm still playing it frequently online. Uh, It's just such a complete experience and i'm so thankful that capcom was able to deliver the best their best ever game to us uh some <laughs> something that all it is it's their best their best selling game of all oh time. yeah right right i didn't i didn't know what you meant yeah i wasn't being i wasn't trying to be objective i was it's yeah. their most successful game yeah and so that's exciting for the franchise they'll obviously put more love and care into it because people like it and uh yeah i can, I, I only I want more i only want more and yeah me too exciting uh iceborne is my number four um, sweet yeah i can't I, even i can't even remember what it's like to play monster hunter without a clutch claw like <laughs> yeah like holy yeah smokes. holy shit <laughs> iceborne was such a good expansion yeah yeah that just a crazy amount of extra content a whole other i i only so far put in an, another hundred plus hours in that game. So I've only done that with a handful of games over my entire life. And it's like one of the few. So, and I would argue that those games that you have put that much time in, I feel like when you look back on them a lot, you're like, dang, what was I doing? Destiny. Yes. Yep. And with monster hunter, you're like, I yeah, this was play great. Some more. I could play, I could play more. some more, mm-hmm. which is, it's good. That's a good feeling. And, yeah, it and, is a good feeling. It's cool to to not feel like uh, you you wasted so much of your life on something because that is a lot of time to spend with one thing. Yeah, it really is. But it, the fact that it continues to give different things to do all the time, yeah, is you feel like as a consumer of it, they're not unreal. Just, they're not just uh, taking your money; they care about you, and they're it's, they're it's hardly wonderful. taking any money actually, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, how like, are they paying for this? Yeah, like, I don't understand how they can afford to do this game. <laughs> like, it's really crazy. I, I don't know, but it's that big of a series and has been for years. So I guess that's their logic. I don't know. I would, 
I would not balk at a hundred dollar price tag for the yeah. next Monster Hunter at all. <laughs> yeah. But it probably won't be that expensive. So I don't I don't know. Great super great game. Super great expansion for sure. Yeah. Too. yeah. That's it. That's my goaties. My games of the year. Yeah. Um we touched everything for me except Disco Elysium. Okay, so just cr- crawl through your numbers so so the we know what they were. Disco, oh, all of them? Whatever you want. Yeah, well, we're at five. So five is Disco Elysium, four is Iceborne, three is Death Stranding, two is Fire Emblem, and then Godi for sure is Sekiro. Cool. Um, but yeah, Disco Elysium, again, another... Late, late game one you played late in the year. Yeah, and, and I managed to finish it um, before we recorded this because when we were originally going to, I hadn't finished it, and it was still on my list, and it was still at the same spot, but now that I have like the entire thing completed, um, I can, I think, talk about it better. But again, totally out of nowhere game. First game from this studio. Crazy, crazy thing for a first game. Um, Disco Elysium is a... And I'm sure people have heard about it. It's also shown up on a lot of top tens this year, or 2019. Um, Disco Elysium isn't it's an adventure game essentially, but they threw in some RPG mechanics such as like leveling up, taking skills, managing an inventory, wearing equipment, stuff like that. Um, and it's a game about uh, a cop investigating a murder in this like totally alternate history. Europe, I believe, where it's a completely made-up world, has no ties to our real world at all, other than it's just humans set in a realistic, in quotes, setting. And you you wake up as this cop who has just been on some bender of drinking for who knows how long, his uh, seemingly whole last couple years of his life, and he can't remember anything. And the whole game is figuring out who he is, and it's all done through thoughts. Your brain talking to itself. And it characterizes all these different parts of your brain as, like, characters in a game. So, like, and it it gives them all these, like, kind of highfalutin, like, like, names, like, but like a basic one is like conceptualization like what how do you look at something and how do you like interpret it as something in the real world and conceptualiz- conceptualization will pop up in your dialogue in your head and it'll be like well this is what this is and whatever and then another one is the encyclopedia and that's just base fact knowledge about everything and then they'll talk to each other in your head and then it'll give you a dialogue choice of you're either talking to a person and making a decision based on what your brain just told you, what your brain didn't tell you, or you're talking to your brain yourself. And it's like this really weird experience of um, of like a dialogue-heavy, speech-driven game where 90% of the game is dialogue. Like, it's an adventure game. You're running around. You're picking up stuff. You're, like, you know, solving puzzles and whatever. But a majority of that game is talking to yourself or other characters. And based on how you put your stats into these uh, skills for, like, types of thoughts, which there are, like, uh, 30, I think, which is crazy. (laughs) There's, like, 30 different ways to spend skill points. 
um, the game is constantly doing checks in the background based on what your stats are in these skills for speech. And depending on how you put points into these skills, your game could be so different. Like, so different. My, my, my character was mostly about being really intelligent. Like, so thinking about a lot of things, like logically deducing stuff, knowing facts about the world, being able to interpret something, you know, like looking at something and being able to interpret, like, what happened here. Um, and most of my dialogue checks are based around stuff like that. Whereas if I went a totally different way, if I went a way that was like more physical based where I'm leaning into being an alcoholic and doing drugs and fighting people and whatever, all of my dialogue would then be completely different and informed on those aspects of my brain and how you interact with everybody would be based on that. And the way that all of this works is in, it's completely insane. Like the amount of, the amount of like dialogue trees that have to exist for this game, like I, I can't even ima I can't even imagine it. Like I'm gonna say hi to this person, and then it's gonna branch off thirty different ways, and then from there it's gonna branch off thirty more different ways from each of those branches, and it just like it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes, and it totally informs how you play the game, how you deduce what's happening in the game, and we talked about in Fire Emblem how there's like four clear paths through that game, right? And there's not really, like, it, it feels as you're playing like there's a lot of leeway there and a lot of variability, and there there is in just those four paths. But you ultimately are going to get to a similar ending for the game. You're going yeah, like, to hit similar, like, you're going to hit similar key points of the story and whatever. And in Disco, all of those things might not happen. <laughs> Those key points might never happen. They might ne you might never even see them or know that they're possible or whatever. You might totally miss an entire character or you might totally miss an entire side story or whatever. You get locked out of these checks because your skills aren't high enough and you can probably never do them again because that's not how your character is built and you're never going to see it through that way. And it is... Uh, it is a really, really unique experience. Um, I really, really was invested in reading. You're, you're basically sitting there reading for most of the game. And um, I didn't think I would like that, but it's, it's written so well, and it's such a weird world, and th your character is, like, fucked up. Like, super fucked up. And the world that this game takes place in is super fucked up. But it's also, like, silly, it has a really good sense of humor. I've laughed multiple times playing this game. Um, it knows how to poke fun at itself and like kind of scale back how grim and dark it is at times. And like that that like balance between super grim stuff that you can relate to the real world and then like some of the crazy funny stuff that they come up with. It's like it's really impressive. And yeah. and and all of that again just comes exclusively out of all these insane amounts of dialogue. So, again, this is another game that I would totally play through again. Just I just, a, I a just, different, different... yeah, I just don't have time. <laughs> Especially yeah. because 
it really is like a traditional adventure game and you are running around back and forth on a relatively small map, but I spent so much time just running back and forth between people and places and seeing if I meet this skill check or if I don't or whatever. And that part was a little frustrating. I, I kind of got a little annoyed with some stuff in that game, but um, I thought the story was really good. It does It does something that I don't think... I can't even think of an example of a game ever doing, uh, or many narratives doing, and that is constantly changing your opinion on every fucking person in the game, constantly. Yeah. Like you'll you'll build it, it'll it'll like build into this one part of the story where you absolutely think this person did this thing, and then two hours later, totally different perspective on the whole thing, the whole situation the whole mystery of the game. And then it just does that like 10 times. Wow. <laughs> so like, it sounds it's, like it's impressively written. It, it really, it really is. And, and I don't totally love how it wrapped up. It was kind of random, but, but that um, could be just your, your playthrough too. Yeah. Like I think, um, it, I, I can see where things could have gone differently. And I think it's always going to end generally the same because it has to, like, I can, you know, they can't really go too crazy with it. And, and the reason they're able to do all this variability is because the game is really like a focused, small story in a small area. Like something like this could never be in a giant open world RPG. Never. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just wouldn't work. But um, yeah, like all of that, it, it's, it's a fascinating experience. Cool. Uh, this again, Elysium. again, highly recommend that game. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to wrap up, uh, game of the year from AJ Monster Hunter Iceborne. Game of the year from Nick Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Right. N- Ninja game. Yeah. Ninja game. That's good. Yep. So is, any honorable mentions that you couldn't include in your top ten, but you want to say something about? I have one. Yeah, I have a couple. I have two. I, I have two. Uh, first one of mine is Pokemon Sword. I, I was just at the very end of it today. Yeah. Uh, without beating a dead horse, um, I really like how they. I really like how they made the story of Galar, uh, mm-hmm. one of ju- specifically just the gyms. The gyms are always something you've done in Pokemon games, but this game kind of says, okay, we have this side story going on with the chairman and what he's trying to do, but your story is the gym. So all the characters will constantly be like, okay, we're going to go take care of this. You don't worry about us doing this over here. You go fight the gym stuff. Yeah. And it kind of, and the way they have like all the gym fights be in stadiums and they have people react to you when you win. Um, it feels like in, in the rise of the esports era, which is kind of where we're at right now with video games. <laughs> it totally is esports. That, <laughs> that Pokemon is doing the esports thing. It, yeah. It's really cool. It, it like makes Galar feel like a region you know, like Europe is is the region that Galar is based on. Their big sports, their big soccer. Yeah. Uh, it it colors a lot of their their towns and stuff. Do you know what culture. I'm saying? Culture. Their culture, yeah. And so, I believe that this region, this Galar region in Pokemon, is the same way with its Pokemon team league based stuff. Yeah. And that was an interesting like perspective for a game because you know you're just battling anyway. Yeah. So, so for them to frame it like that, I think did the game made the game stronger. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, it, it kind of presented a cool, cool thing. And then on top of all that, the stuff that they added for you to train Pokemon that aren't specifically in your party allowed me 
to care about the rest of my Pokemon roster in a way that I haven't in previous games. Yeah. So I got to use more of the Pokemon. I got to like look at them, organize them more. I, I got to evolve more of them than I normally could. I have over 300 Pokemon at the end of this game, which is a, that's a ton of Pokemon. Yeah. And, uh, like I could go catch more. Like there's a ton that I can, I didn't get in my playthrough. So it's really, it's just a really good Pokemon game is, is what I would say. Uh, there's still some, some stuff that I would like to see them do in terms of a franchise and like speeding up the way the game plays a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like an animated, 3d adventure with pokemon i think this game is real sweet yeah i it's and, a uh, good, it's a good game i fell off it pretty quick yeah that's right and i understand for people that have played a lot of them how like it would be a little slower i don't know yeah but i think for what this game tries to do it does well i i agree and, yeah and uh my other game honorable mention i want to mention is uh cadence of hyrule Mm. Uh, which is a game we, we talked about not too long ago. Uh, it's basically a Zelda game that's also a rhythm game, and uh, it's pretty good on, on the Switch as a Switch marketplace title that I enjoyed way more than I had initially thought I would. I uh, I played a significant amount of that over Christmas break and um, did not like it as much as I expected, which, yeah. we, which we like sort of talked about, but... Yeah, I think that game is really neat. Uh, I, the music is incredible. It looks super good. I, I really appreciate, like, Necrodancer. I appreciate what that game is. Um, for whatever reason, I just don't really like playing it. Do you have trouble with it at all? Well, so I, I was initially. Um, I think I think I texted you immediately where I was like, I'm really struggling with this game, and it, and and it's because I'm impatient. Like the rhythm yeah. stuff, I, the rhythm stuff is really cool. I really appreciate it, but I am impatient. But sometimes you gotta like so, hop away from the enemies too. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it's weird that you you would say that like you're impatient because I watch you play other games and like I don't I don't get that from with with like that Sekiro, for with example, that specific like, game is I'm impatient. Like I like I can't wait for the beat for some reason. I just want to yeah. like kill everything immediately. And I had the same problem with Necrodancer where yeah. I, I appreciate everything it's doing, but for some it's reason... Just the, the rhythm of the combat just doesn't feel good to you. Yeah, for some reason, I just can't, like... I don't know. I just can't, like, just sit back and, like, let it happen or, like, run away yeah. and then come back and whatever. So so my initial plays of Cadence were, like, really, really difficult. Like, I was just dying and making no progress. With, then, with Cadence, too, you, you you can get hearts, and then you can kind of just ignore so, the ignore the beat and just stiff-arm your way through the yeah, game. Yeah, which is where, like, I, where I left off when I last played it, I, absolutely destroying the game. So, like, I yeah. was having no problem. I blew through two of the dungeons. Like, the bosses, I didn't even, like, really pay attention to what they were doing. I was just like, get out of the way, run in, attack, 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 attack. Oh, I got hit. I don't fucking care. Attack, yeah. attack, attack. <laughs> so, like... Yeah. Yeah, so they're not necessarily playing the game or just kind of bludgeoning your way through it. Yeah, and and so like really all I wanted to get out of that game was the just music, the visuals, uh the bosses are cool and I think I got enough of that. I probably won't finish it. I don't know. Yeah, I sense. did I did two of the bosses and like I might go back to it just because where I left off, I'm like really powerful. If I die, I will never touch that game again. So Yeah. Um yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing though. I I I'm not upset that i played it or anything i think it's totally worth checking out yeah honorable mention 
Yeah. What you got? Uh, I got a couple. Um, I want to shout out Metro Exodus real quick. That's a fantastic game. Uh, I don't think it got enough attention. I think people write that series off like because it, it just looks like it's a tedious, just normal first-person shooter. Metro, the series, is like the most modern Half-Life shit we have, and it is totally worth playing. It's really interesting. Exodus is, I think, the best one, and uh, it's on Game Pass. So if <laughs> there's really no reason not to give it a shot. I think it's, again, it's another unique experience. There's nothing else like it. I really liked it. Um, yeah, I would I would recommend it for sure. It just didn't fit in the top ten. Yeah. Um, Dirt Rally Two. I Call love. McCray. I yeah, I love rally racing. Dirt Rally Two is super competent and super good. I played a lot of it this year. Um, if if my list was based on time played, it would have been in my top ten. Cool. Uh, I just you know, it's a racing game. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. it's it's hard it's hard to put it on top of anything, but it it is. Excellent, excellent. Just scratches game. that itch. Yeah, uh, I I do have some problems with what they did monet, uh, with monetization this year. Um, I think it's frustrating how they did it. It's a very expensive game, actually. Uh, if you want to get everything, and they released all of that stuff within months of it coming out, so like, oh, that does not feel good. That yeah, never yeah. that never feels good. And a lot of it was stuff that already existed in the first Dirt Rally, so that it extra doesn't feel good. Yeah, so um, like withholding stuff so they can charge more for yeah, it. Yeah, and and I I get it. Like that's probably not you know that's the only reason they were that the series came back was because they did Dirt Rally in early access and it ended up having a ton of interest and success and stuff. So like it kind of got revived because the community wanted it and that's awesome. But um, I not a huge fan of how they how they made everybody pay for it this time around. Yeah. But still a great game. Also on Game Pass. <laughs> Uh, very, very good, very good racing game. Um, already talked about Devil May Cry. Bloodstained. Bloodstained was almost in my top ten. It, it, it almost eked out Resident Evil because Bloodstained is a fantastic Castlevania game. Totally, cool. totally good Castlevania game. Uh, spent so much time with that game. Yeah. Like, weirdly, like, 50-plus hours in a Metroidvania. That is yeah. crazy. And at the end of it, you still weren't sick of it too. Like you were like playing. I messed around. Yeah, I messed around a little bit more. I started another playthrough and then kind of just fell off it. But yeah, excellent, excellent game that does some really cool stuff. It it kind of did over deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, MK11. You know. Yeah. We already talked about Tetris 99. Hell. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that game exists. That's one of my highest played games on Switch. That is really such it. a good game. That is such a good version of Tetris. Cool way to do the Battle Royale yeah, and Tetris. Yeah, I've played it so much. I played the hell out of that game this year. So, yeah, yeah Tetris 99, super awesome. Um, I don't. I think that's it, though. Uh, I played a lot of stuff that came out this year, but not really. Didn't feel too high on it after after this, those ones so this year like specifically looking back at doing these episodes with you it's kind of fun to see because last year we both took a big interest in fighting games yeah and that was kind of a new thing this year i learned that i like strategy games which is a new thing for me and you played a lot of adventure games specifically which is a new thing yeah so it's it's kind of cool to just see 
our tastes as you know as we age uh, maybe our tastes are aging a little bit too i, I don't know yeah it's always, uh, it's always fun to look back this is just me maybe as a person who analyzes things but it's always fun for me to look back and be like, oh, I never would have played this in like 2015. Like my list would have never looked like this. Yeah, so I think that's um, kind of cool. I think just the nature of doing the podcast and like, you know, messing around with streaming and YouTube over the last how many years, like forced allows me you, allows you to catalog your thoughts a little more that. And it also forced me to like try different stuff, which yeah. I, you know, eternally grateful to myself <laughs> for that, because like I've I've had a lot of really cool experiences with games that I never would have played when I like, you know, 10 years ago, probably. And, um, I, I mean, another example, I am going to throw it out here real quick. Cause I played the hell out of it in like three days. Um, a game that came out two years ago called Opus Magnum. I sent, I sent you and Josh a gif of it. It's like a programming game and I am terrible at programming. I've tried making games before I've tried learning coding. I've tried all of that stuff and just bounced way off of it because I feel like I'm too old to learn it and like put the time into it. And Opus Magnum is from a developer that makes exclusively games based around the idea of programming. And uh, what a what an interesting thing. Like, you don't need to learn a language that actually exists so you can make a game. Here's this video game that has its own language that you are just learning within the form of a game and solving puzzles with that in quotes like programming skill and it's yeah super fascinating and i thought i'd never have the patience for it and i am absolutely adoring opus magnum cool. and i can't wait to play more of it i play i think about it constantly and uh hey guess what that's on game pass <laughs> wow <laughs> uh that's on P the pc game pass specifically cool. but um that's where you found it yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd seen it before, and I've known of this developer for a long time, but always wrote them off because I was like, I don't have the patience for this. And turns out I totally do and can really like them. Um, and I do want – I, I want to give – It turns out Games Pass sounds like a solid uh, It's really solid good. investment. Game Pass <laughs> is really good. Uh, and, and I want to mention quickly that the PC version of Game Pass has a lot of games – that you can probably run on a very modest computer. So, like, if you are a console player and you're already paying for Game Pass, it's totally worth browsing through the PC library because Opus There's Magnum, stuff on there. Yeah. Opus Magnum is one of them. You could play that in a browser. Like that, that is like such a low impact game. It requires nothing. And there's a ton of indie games on there that are the same way that aren't on the console version of Game Pass. And don't don't like disregard the PC side of it at all. I just wanted to reiterate that. Um, but yeah, 2019 was a good year for games. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah, specifically in 2019. Yeah, this is uh, a, the first year of with punish. So yeah, it wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, moving moving forward, 2020. Uh, you got any big plans or anything? No. There's a there's not a. Uh, there's not a lot of games for the first couple months, but as soon as March hits, it feels like we have too much to play. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a really busy spring, I think. It's gonna be a busy end of the console generation, is what I would say. Yeah, next, yeah, that's true. 2020 is like new consoles. That's interesting. I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how that goes. I, 
I might be in a situation where there's no reason to get a, a PlayStation immediately because I have no idea what they're going to launch with. Yeah. Like there, we have no indication of launch anything for that. Um, and I, there's no reason ever for me to get an Xbox because I'm going to upgrade my PC again this year. So <laughs> Xbox might as well not exist to me anymore, which is which is super interesting that their their initiative of putting things on PC as well is like really smart. Like I am way on board for that because I don't need to buy a console and I can still support them. You know, like, yeah, I think that it's an was an exciting time in games. Yeah, I think that was a brilliant decision. And I'm excited to see where Game Pass goes. They're going to have their streaming stuff this year. Who knows how that's going to work. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Google Stadia. <laughs> uh, so we'll see more of that streaming stuff also with PlayStation, I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be interesting. So looking forward to 2020. Uh, we'll, keep these, we, we'll keep these episodes coming with you probably at a similar pace. Uh, probably, that we've been yeah. Doing. Yeah. Uh, if that works out with you guys, that works out with us. I, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I, I, you know, I see the listeners. It's, it's interesting to me that people like to listen to our opinions, but yeah, it's also fun to, to have them. So, uh, yeah, we appreciate your guys, uh, engagement with us on any social media platforms that we have. Yeah. I totally. encourage you, encourage you to keep doing so. Yep. Uh, we always enjoy that. I, I specifically personally, myself, Want to play more fighting games in 2020? Uh, believe it or not, I know that's a huge surprise, but <laughs> we got some exciting new things going on in Street Fighter Five, and I'm I'm gonna get back to grinding that. Specifically, uh, on Tuesdays every night, I want to start streaming uh, just the learning process with with Street Fighter and with Mortal Kombat. And uh, if you guys want to stop in, hang out, I, I want to focus on you know I I have been plugged into the fighting game community kind of for a while now and so i feel like i have a good knowledge of like how games and fighting games how you're supposed to play them Mm -hmm. supposed to play them like the right things to to do and uh it's just learning to train myself to do those things like on reaction that is hard yeah so yeah i think that's another thing that keeps people from like playing fighting games themselves and so my goal to stream on Tuesday nights will be uh, just for, to show people who are interested uh, like how you can kind of go about that process. Yeah. So, so I'll be playing ranked and training mode and I'll, I'll walk you guys through it. Whoever comes and hangs, if nobody comes and hangs, then I'll just be grinding myself. Yeah. Uh, in, in, uh, in ranked modes. And so I'll continue to get better at Street Fighter five. And, my goal for the end of the year is to at least have a couple of you that are, are down to play in lobbies and stuff. Yeah. And so so even if it's like three or four of us, just to have a, a Tuesday Street Fighter Five or Mortal Kombat or whatever fighting game you guys want to play, I'm down. Just just message me. Yeah, that would and, be fun. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be the goal. So uh, fighting games are good. Play more of them. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep coming with you. We'll keep coming with these episodes. Yep. Uh, as, as games roll out. I got some stuff to wrap up from the... The 2019 year, I, I know I want to play Control. I have Luigi's yeah, Mansion. I did buy Control on the Epic sale. Yeah, uh, I have Luigi's Mansion. Then I'm gonna finish um, different things. So we'll uh, we're not going anywhere. Nope. Uh, you got any 2020 plans or uh, 
That I you mean, wanna... I would like to get, I, I think I've said this for the last four months, aka four episodes, but I really would like to get back to regularly streaming. I just haven't had the motivation. Um, I do at least once a week when we play, currently we're playing Divinity 2. Um, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to get back to streaming more random stuff. It's fun to, it's fun to play through a whole game and have it like archived catalog, <laughs> even yeah. though technically I always forget to download them. And like my whole Sekiro playthrough is completely lost the time. I think resident evil two is gone now, <laughs> but yeah. that's fine. I don't really care too much anyway. I don't do anything with that footage, but, um, yeah, I would like to do it more. I've been thinking about streaming Opus Magnum actually too. Um, not super interesting game to watch, but still it's it's just something I'm just playing, so I might as well stream it. But uh yeah, um that's uh me at twitch.tv slash lost in a contraption. Uh thank you to the few of you that consistently have given me a subscription every month. That's been fun. Uh it's it's kind of rewarding. Uh just to get like that little bit of, you know, hey, we like you. But we already get that from the podcast too. So thank you again, everybody. Uh, looking forward to doing more this year. And we're just going to keep playing games, I think. Yeah, keep playing games. Yeah. We're going to say Happy New Year. Happy don't New forget, Year. Don't forget about my wife's popcornerreviews.com blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing big things 2019, 2020 as well. So we'll appreciate your growth in that field as well. And, yep. uh, what else? I don't got anything else. Here. Last thing I want to say, uh, play board games. Play board games. 2019 was the year of board games for me, for Discovery. sure. Discovery. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it. Until, yeah, uh, I'll, uh, until 2020. Well, it is 2020. <laughs> until, until next time. <laughs> uh, we'll see ya. We'll see ya.